Hello, everybody. This is Rick Manning, President of Americans for Limited Government. Um, wanted to get together today and talk a little bit about a story that broke on Friday, um, and that is the the release of uh, a Twitter thread, um, really revealing some of the things, inner workings of Twitter as it revolved around the Hunter Biden laptop. I think some of the things we're going to learn in this is that some of the reporting on it um, both on the left and the right is uh, not exactly what the Twitter thread said. It's a relatively short thread. Anybody can read it. It's by Matt Taibbi, and it's a and it's pretty straightforward. Um, but I want to start out um, with a with a little video clip, and we're going to revisit this video clip again later on in the in the podcast. But I want to start out with a video clip of the uh, incoming chairman of the House, um, the House. Government Reform and Oversight Committee. Um, he's talking to it's a guy named uh, Jim Comer, not Jim Comey, Jim Comer. I know, they, I wish they get different names. Um, but so we have, uh, but Jim Comer is going to be the chairman of the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee. He's Republican and he's out of Kentucky. He is actually talking to Jason Chaffetz, who with Fox News, who is, the, is a former chairman of the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee. And so while Chavis doesn't say, say much, it is interesting who he's talking to. Um, I'm gonna show you this video right now. I can promise you this, every employee at Twitter who was involved in suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story will have an opportunity to come before Congress and explain their actions to the American people. This was a huge story. Uh, when we announced the investigation of the Biden family and referenced material from the laptop, many in the mainstream media said, well, this is just a conspiracy theory. The mainstream media is still trying to uh, use the old talking points that the laptop is somehow Russian disinformation. We know from CBS's forensic audit, the laptop is legitimate. And now we know from Elon Musk that there was correspondence between the Biden campaign and the Democrat National Committee to suppress this story. I believe this story would have had a huge impact on the presidential election. We had a very close presidential election. And when you look at what's in the laptop, it's very concerning. There was no evidence ever at any time that the laptop story wasn't legitimate. The New York Post did a great job. I'm glad they're being vindicated. But this story is just beginning, Jason, because we're going to have every single person at Twitter that was involved in this in front of the House Oversight Committee as soon as possible. So let's take a look at you know, specifically what James Comer says is they're going to be bringing in uh, Twitter executives. Uh, people were in this in tweet streams that I'm sure will more will be released and uh, to testify about what they knew when they knew it and, and the like and what their frame of mind was. Um, one of the interesting things, and we're going to go into the Twitter thread and just kind of a little bit, but I want to start out by looking at the Twitter message, mission statement. Um, and the Twitter message statement is pretty straightforward. And oops, got to do something here quick. Got to go boom. Sorry, boom. Ill preparation by me. Sorry. Okay, so we're going to get, this is the Twitter mission statement. Uh, I'm going to change the little orientation here so you can see it better. Um, to give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information as instantly without barriers. To give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. That is, it's an, is Twitter's submission statement directly from the Twitter uh, the, the Twitter uh, webpage. Uh, 
So did they, you know, and yet we juxtapose it with this mission statement with decisions to shutter the, the, uh, the uh, Hunter Biden laptop. Um, do we have a, a little bit of uh, knowledge here that we know? And I, I put this up because I want you to have context of uh, as we start talking about this. The FBI was meeting weekly. It had somebody assigned specifically to in San Francisco to working with Silicon Valley, working with big tech. Okay. They had a, and so the attorney general of uh, Missouri, Eric Schmidt, and Jeff Landry, the attorney general of Louisiana, Schmidt's going to be a, is a elected U.S. senator. So he's coming back to Washington, D.C. Um, on January 3rd. Uh, Jeff Landry is uh, the Attorney General of Louisiana, and hopefully will be running and winning the governorship of Louisiana in twenty in next year, since they have off-year elections. But they had a they've got a lawsuit um, related to censorship and big tech censorship, and they and as part of that, they brought in the individual who's responsible for working with the big tech companies um, for a deposition. Um, that person that person is. Uh, uh, what's the first name? Uh, Elvis Chan, uh, FBI Supervisor Special Agent Elvis Chan. Chan, and, and they've and they've got a lawsuit against the Biden administration related to this censorship and the attack on our First Amendment rights. So, Chan um, was the person who said, "quote um, under oath." is about his alleged critical role in coordinating with social media platforms relating to censorship and suppression of speech on their platforms, quote unquote. Um, during the deposition, Chan said that he um, had weekly meetings with major social media companies to warn against Russian disinformation attempts ahead of the 2020 election, according to a source in the Missouri Attorney General's office. So every week, these social media, big tech social media companies were meeting with the FBI with an agent that they were working with, a couple of agents actually, they were working very closely with, and to warn them about disinformation campaigns and the like. So what does that mean? What it means is very simply is the Twitter executives were hyper aware that of Russia disinformation and the federal government's desire that that, federal, that, that disinformation be shuttered and be withheld from the American public. They were hyper aware of that. So now that into that context, we're now going to look at the the Twitter, the actual Twitter feed that Matt Taibbi laid out. And I'm going to start pretty far down. Once again, I would I would encourage anybody go to Matt Taibbi on, on Twitter, and uh, and just click the get the December two thread yourself. It's it's informative and interesting. Um, but one of the things that people have been saying subsequently that's just flat wrong is that in the that this thread proves that the federal government was in fact manipulating and and dictating to Twitter, at least to Twitter, that they had that they um, shutter, that they stop the Hunter laptop uh, Hunter Biden laptop information from getting out to the public. According to Matt Taibbi, that's not true. Um, and this is a tweet number twenty two in a series of about thirty five tweets. Um, although uh, from December 2, although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement that summer 
about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. Okay. So, Matt Taibbi is testifying. He's looked at the data. What he's, the data he's looked at, I don't know how much of it he's looked at, but the data he's looked at specifically does not say that Elaine, you know, Elvis Chan was busy saying, you got to, you got to, you got to stop this. However, it does confirm that they had a general, that they'd been receiving general warnings from federal law enforcement about possible foreign hacks. That's what Elvis Chan was talking about. In fact, they according to Chan, they escalated the meetings from initially as one a month, then it went to one every couple a couple weeks, and then at the, towards the end of the election cycle, it was once a week where the FBI was literally meeting with these people and saying, "Be careful, watch out for this, watch for this." And so that is the context that Twitter's making decisions in. What's more, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a little bit, but the Department of Homeland Security also was involved separately in communicating with the big tech Twitter companies, according to their own website. This is the Department of Homeland Security's website, um, communicating with those companies in a way that uh, dealing with disinformation. So you sit there and you say, bridging election stakeholders and social media. This is off the uh, Homeland Security, CISA.gov, which is part of the Homeland Security. Okay. Um, the MDM team, that's misinformation, dis, mis, dis, and malinformation um, team, serves as a switchboard for rooting disinformation concerns to appropriate social media platforms and law enforcement. This activity began in 2018, supporting state and local election officials to mitigate disinformation about the time, place, and manner of voting, which seems reasonable, okay? You know, the disinformation saying, sending out something to somebody saying, you know, election day is November 12th is somewhat uh, problematic. Um, it's, it's wrong and it's, uh, and quite honestly, it's, it's unfair. It's a, it's a violation of basic, you know, kind of the basic things that we try to do in these elections. Um, but, so let's keep going. This activity began in 2018, blah, blah, blah. Um, for the 2020 election, CISA expanded the breadth of reporting to include other state and locals and more social media platforms. This activity leverages the rapport the MDM team has with the social media platforms to enable shared situational awareness. So what you know is that the, and then the, down below, they have MDM resources. Election Disinformation Toolkit is one of them. They're very upfront saying that they were involved in trying to uh, keep so-called misinformation, uh, mis, dis, or malinformation off the social media platforms. And one of the ways that they obviously would do that would be to warn those platforms about potential misinformation that could be out there and basically seeding the, into the brains of those who are looking for this who, by the way, were overwhelmingly uh, anti-Trump, that to watch out for Trump's uh, Russia disinformation campaign and to make certain it doesn't have an effect. We know that the tw people of Twitter, that they, the employees of Twitter from 2016, were overwhelmingly uh, upset by Trump's election in 2016. Oh, come on in. Election in 2016. We know they were really upset about it. We knew that they were, um, in fact, apoplectic 
that their platform had been used by the, by the president to to engage to actually deliver his message and uh, dominated by the president to deliver his message. And they were pretty determined that that wasn't going to happen again. So any dis any disinformation claims, any alerts to watch out for disinformation would have been fallen on a very ripe field, which was ready to see disinformation, Russian Russians around every corner trying to elect Donald Trump, even though the previous four years had proven that none of that stuff was true, it what didn't happen. But in the in the cloistered world of the Silicon Valley, they never they never actually got the clue that the Russian disinformation issue was a complete and total hoax perpetrated by the very people who were telling them to watch out for future hoaxes. So having said that, we have a we go to this Talibi Taibi thing again, okay. So any government involvement in the laptop story? In fact, that might have been the problem. Next tweet. The decision was made at the highest levels of the company. That's of Twitter. Okay. Highest le levels of Twitter. But with, without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey, with, with former head of legal policy trust, Bayaya Gade playing a key role. They just freelanced it, is how one former employee characterized the decision. Hacking was the excuse. And remember, the initial reason that Twitter said they could not, they were stopping the, the distribution of the uh, New York Post story, I was Post Daily News, New York Daily News story, um, was very simple. They they uh, they said it was a they said it was you know clearly a hack. That was what what the initial reaction was. It was a hack, and however, they had a problem because as you look above, as you look above. Um, they had a massive debate on this email, on this uh, Twitter thread, um, because people were saying this wasn't actually hacked. Uh, it's a, uh, you sit there and say, White House, but uh, hold on. Um, Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and postings, warning it may be unsafe, even blocked its transmission via direct message. So, um, a pool hitherto, hitherto reserved for extreme cases. Uh, for example, child pornography. So they treated the the Biden secret email story, this the original story, akin to being child pornography at the same level, and that is a uh, that's a pretty pretty aggressive approach. Um, and so, but what do we know? We know that the that what they ended up having was a, a system where there was a massive debate on the platform, well, not on the platform, internally, about whether the whether the hacking had ever occurred. In fact, I'm trying to find the the one um, the the one email. Um, in response, uh, so thanks for reaching out to us. This is a this is a note um, saying that the uh, complaint that the laptop story had been left. Uh, eliminated uh, from somebody at uh, at the uh, uh, Twitter. Thanks for reaching out to us. Per checking, the user was bounced by sad integrity for violating our hacked materials policy. Adding them here for further insights and guidance. So they were they were hanging their hat that this was a hack, and as a result, a Russian hack. And as a result, it, it was un. They couldn't publish it because it's hacked materials. The 
so instead of actually then going ahead and saying, um, we're going to proceed and we're going to be careful and we're going to make sure we get this right. Um, and oh, by the way, they, you err on the side of, inf of information being presented rather than the air side of making sure that you shutter all information. They, they did the other thing. They said they were going to shutter all information about this until it could be proven to be accurate. So, but they had an internal problem and their internal problem was simple. Nobody inside believed it was hacked. They, they realized very early on that it was not hacked. And so they proceeded to, but they continued to hack the, uh, to treat it as hacked. Um, and, you know, it's a, uh, uh, I'll give you a former VP of global communications. Uh, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy, the hacking policy? Uh, as part of our approach to addressing potential hacked materials, we are limiting visibility of related stories on Twitter while investigation is ongoing. So he's questioning, former VP of Global Comms Communications, is questioning the entirety of the, in everything that's being done, um, very clearly saying, wait a second, this isn't right. What we're doing here is not right. So you go from here, from that, and you find you keep going down and you even have a Democrat a Democrat member of Congress, Ro Khanna, um, talking, is, reaches out to the to Twitter and says um, that this is generating huge backlash on Hill regarding speech. Happy to chat if you're up for it. Best Ro. Now, Ro Khanna represents Silicon Valley. It would be normal for, for uh, the congressperson to let him know that, hey, this is causing a stir. It's going to cause you trouble. And Twitter was so uh, out of line, out to lunch on this. They didn't realize that Connor was talking about First Amendment, the First Amendment, and problems about First Amendment violations. They were they sat there and, and were wanted to talk about. Uh, they responded by talking about company policy. Interestingly, only Ro Khanna uh, reached out from the from the Democrat side, expressing any First Amendment concerns. So, kudos to uh, Mr. Khanna. Um, the um, let's couple on that. The uh, when you look down, then it's a lot of political. What the political fallout is going to be? Um, I'm going to go and just go off here and just say uh, off of this piece of it because, quite honestly, the the essence is there. It talks about how that you learn how they kind of try to handle situations. You learn a lot of that, but nowhere in this Twitter thread do you see. The FBI told us to do this, or we were instructed by the FBI that this could be a problem. Uh, we were instructed by Department of Homeland Security this would be a problem. And, and so when you think about that, I now want you to take another look and listen very closely to what Mr. Comer says, because think about what you know from this Twitter thread and listen to what he says. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down a pathway here that I, you may not expect. I back. can promise you this, every employee at Twitter who was involved in suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story will have an opportunity to come before Congress and explain their actions to the American people. This was a huge story. Uh, when we announced the investigation of the Biden family and referenced material from the laptop, many in the mainstream media said, well, this is just a conspiracy theory. The mainstream media is still trying 
to uh, use the old talking points that the laptop is somehow Russian disinformation. We know from CBS's forensic audit, the laptop is legitimate. And now we know from Elon Musk that there was correspondence between the Biden campaign and the Democrat National Committee to suppress this story. I believe this story would have had a huge impact on the presidential election. We had a very close presidential election. And when you look at what's in the laptop, it's very concerning. There was no evidence ever at any time that the laptop story wasn't legitimate. The New York Post did a great job. I'm glad they're being vindicated, but this story is just beginning, Jason, because we're gonna have every single person at Twitter that was involved in this in front of the House Oversight Committee as soon as possible. Okay, so let's, let's just, he is absolutely right that there's polling that shows that the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop by social media companies had a direct impact on the elections. A significant number of people who voted for Joe Biden when confronted with the information on the laptop uh, said that they wouldn't have voted the same way had they known it. Um, and so it is. So, yes, the decision to suppress the laptop was, in fact, had a had a real impact on the election that I, I don't think that's disputable. The challenge here is that the real the, the smoking gun would be if there were and there may still be. But right now, if Mr. Comer may have this information separately from this uh, release, but he states very, very specifically that they have proof that the Biden administration contacted, um, use a contact vehicle to suppress the, to suppress information, suppress the laptop um, through the DNC. That may or may not be true. Okay. If he's got that information, that's a, that's a big deal. Because that, the, for the first time, ties the information, the suppression directly to um, the federal government. And that's a, and particularly the Biden administration, you know, the people in the Biden, in the Biden circle through the, of course, it wasn't the Biden administration at that point, but in the Biden circle through the D Democratic National Committee. So that's your, so that's the interesting, interesting part of this is that that actually does that tie. But the fact of the matter is, if those Twitter employees uh, are sitting there and they're not certain they didn't have any direct contact on it, then it becomes a it really becomes uh, a, a question of how did you make these determinations? What's your company policy and, and the like? Because the only real contact that Matt, we know that Twitter did it. The question is, and the proof point has to be, what did they do it at the direct behest of the federal government? And it's highly likely that given the proclivity, the political proclivity of the, of the Twitter employees and others in Silicon Valley, that they didn't have to be told directly that this was disinformation. They were looking for it. They'd been, they'd been prepped by the FBI and the Homeland Security Department um, to look for it and to take action, independent action. So the reality is they, the, F, the Twitter employees, you know, had been briefed, had been essentially been turned into government agents by virtue of the weekly briefings they were getting on this information. And so they were, so they were psychologically and politically prepared to shutter information that ran counter to the, the effect, they, what they wanted to have happen in the presidential election under the guise of 
it being Russia Russian disinformation. They were ready, willing, and able to do that, and they did. And they did it across not just Twitter, but Facebook and other platforms. And, and, and as a result, and they also did it at the New York Times. They did it at the, New York, at the uh, LA Times. They did it at newspapers across the nation. They did it at ABC, NBC, CBS. They did CNN. They did it at MSNBC. You could not find Hunter Laptop stories anywhere in the establishment-controlled press. And effectively, the New York Post was left out hanging out to dry, with the exception of Fox News, which is, and Newsmax, Fox News, which is owned by the same people who own the New York Post. So there was a, so this was a direct suppression of this information. But what I'm trying, what I'm hoping doesn't occur, and I was going to talk about this and, and how we have this structure now put into place that does this, that Congress is authorized and we need to rip out by the roots, okay? And we've talked about that before. Um, CISA is part of the Department of Homeland Security. They have been set up by congressional mandate under the law to do exactly what they did. So let's be, let's be clear. They're not operating outside the law. The law tells them to do this. And in fact, it's that law, which is unconstitutional. Um, the employees who are implementing that law are in fact doing what Congress told them to do. So this is one of those few cases where it isn't rogue employees. They've been given direct, direct legislative approval, legal approval to go ahead and do this. Um, and as insane as that sounds, that approval was given in 2018, uh, unanimous consent, both houses late at night. And uh, and under the, and the overall bill was to try to communicate with better communications with utilities and others and vent terrorist attacks. But they have one section stuck in somewhere near the bottom that said, oh, yeah, and we're also going to be engaged in working with social media companies to make sure that misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation doesn't end up seeping into the system, giving them the exact authorization they need to do exactly what we're, we're afraid they're doing. And we, we know they're doing in many, many cases. But in this case, we don't see, there is not a smoking gun in this Twitter feed and what has been released by Elon Musk. There is not a smoking gun to that effect. And I, I so be careful when you talk about this because it's an important issue, but all somebody has to do is trip you up and say, hey, it's not there. Even the Twitter feed says it's not there. It wasn't government collusion. And at that point, it discredits the entirety of the story. Where this matters, and, and, and obviously the the effect it had on the on the election is enormous, and there's and you know we're we're hearing from the former president on that and, and others, but where I, I want to go down the path of this is right now, it, the if James Comer is going to focus on the suppression of the laptop, then he's missing the point on the most important aspect of this, what's in the laptop. What's in the laptop for, is, far, is for right now, this point in time, where we have Joe Biden as president dealing with China and doing things like saying, oh, well, we're gonna lower, we're gonna lower the number of nuclear missiles we have in, in the Pacific in our submarine fleet um, at a time when China is dramatically increasing their missiles, their mobile missiles and submarines and on ships. It's a, we, we have a, we have a world that is on the brink of being in flames 
And the laptop, along with the confirmation by Tony Bobolinsky, who's Hunter, Hunter Biden's former partner, that Joe Biden was a direct beneficiary of money from both Ukraine and China, among other places. Direct beneficiary. He was the big guy. Got 10%. Hunter Biden whines about it on the laptop. If you have a, when you have that, that is a far more important issue for our national security today than the suppression by Twitter. And it's my hope that we can do both, walk and chew gum at the same time. But I'm afraid that if we spend our time traipsing Twitter employees up and say, who are saying, well, you know, we thought it was hacked. And as a result, our policy said to take it down. And, you know, since, and then it turned out it wasn't hacked, but, you know, we believe that it was doing our duty to make certain that our site wasn't used by, uh, by foreign agents to, to provide misinformation. And sorry, but we, we got it wrong. I mean, that doesn't accomplish anything. So, and it discredits the investigation if that becomes the, the focus. The focus of this investigation has to be twofold. And Chairman Comer, when you're chairman, I hope you keep your eye on the ball because the single most important thing that in this investigation is not that Twitter may have, Twitter suppressed it or that Facebook suppressed it. There's two things that are important. Number one, the fact that the FBI and the Homeland Security are both actively working with social media companies to suppress information on a, on a weekly basis, apparently. So every single day, they're getting communication saying, suppress this, suppress that. The fact that that occurs is a direct attack on the First Amendment because the FBI can't suppress the information, but they sure as heck can give a wink and a nod to people and companies to suppress that information, that's dangerous. That's a that's a destruction of our First Amendment rights. And that's a and in the case of the Department of Homeland Security, that is something which Congress authorized. They didn't mean to, I don't think, but it's something Congress has to has to take a hard look at and rip out by the roots and make certain that Department of Homeland Security isn't spending our tax dollars uh, basically um, suppressing speech that disagrees with what the federal government wants people to think and only allowing speech that supports the narratives provided by the partisans who are in charge right now. That's the danger. That's one of the dangers. And we have to get to the root of that and we have to cut it out because that's a cancer that kills the Republic. And we have to cut that out. We cannot have these intelligence enforcement agencies and these intelligence agencies with the power to shutter opposition voices. Dissent is the essence of our republic. It is essential. It's the First Amendment at its core. And the fact that that dissent is disallowed through third parties that are, that are under the guise of them being private, but under the weak and nod control of the, of the public sector is, is, is not, it is not something that we can survive as a nation. So that's one. Two, um, Joe Biden and through his son Hunter is either um, is either has been paid by the Chinese entities or he hasn't. That's a you know that's just simple. He's either received money through a Moscow through the former wife of the Moscow mayor or he hasn't. He's either received money from a Ukrainian natural gas firm, Burisma or he hasn't. Those things are alleged in the laptop. 
those are also corroborated by Hunter Biden's former business partner, who went out on a limb, went to the FBI with this a long time ago, before the well before the election, and was basically told to shut up and get out of the way and shuddered. What happened there? Why? Who made those decisions at the FBI? Why did that? Why was that not concern, considered a concern, a foreign policy concern, by the same agency that, on false pretenses, launched a three and a half year investigation into the Trump campaign and into into Donald Trump and his and his supposed ties with the Russians, all of which the FBI knew was false from day one. And if you remember, remember my conversation with Devin Nunes, former House Intelligence Committee chairman, that's his. that was his analysis, not mine. So this is people who really are in the know saying that they knew from day one that that was false. With this one, they, they knew from day one that this was probably true. That's the problem. They've been, the federal government had been working on Hunter Biden and sitting there saying, wait a second, we don't feel comfortable with Hunter Biden having contacts with Burisma, for instance, while Joe Biden's vice president. We think that's a, puts him in a compromising position. They weren't, ha they were concerned about meetings Hunter Biden was setting up with various people in government using his contacts as the son of the vice president. They worried about that in 2015. We learned that from the Ukraine, from the Ukraine uh, impeachment. So this is all on the record. We knew this stuff. The FBI knows this stuff. They knew this stuff at the time, and yet they ignored it. Yet they, yet they sat on it. They chose not to investigate it. They chose not to follow up on it. And the reason is because they did not want to play a role in electing, re-electing Donald Trump. So consequently, they chose to hide the information showing themselves to be every bit of a corrupt organization as we've come to believe they are. And as Devin Nunes said, the entire DOJ is so corrupt that, it, that we have to, he wants to have a separate, uh, a new committee um, set up, special committee set up to get, to go directly at Department of Justice and the corruption within to try to either restructure and figure out how we can survive as a free society with a law enforcement agency that is anything but uh, one that has equal protection under the law. And one, so that's a something we're hoping Jim Jordan will do in the House Judiciary Committee is embark on that. But I really urge uh, James Comer, uh, chair, incoming chairman of the House Government Reform and Oversight, don't lose sight of the, of the, of the fact that the FBI and the Department of Justice and Homeland Security are violating the rights of every first first amendment rights of every citizen. They're trying to persuade. They're trying to create thought thought police about what narratives can be played and what narratives can't, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous, and it has to be pushed back against. And secondly, everything else, if nothing else mattered, the question of whether or not Joe Biden is compromised matters. I'm not saying he is, not saying he isn't. I'm saying that this committee has a responsibility to get to the bottom of that. And there's a lot more proof, like reams and reams and reams more proof and corroboration that that's the case than there ever was that, the, that President Trump was ever in collusion with anybody 
who even had a Russian surname. So with that, I'm going to, that's the thing I really wanted to talk about where I wanted to go because folks, if we don't get to the bottom of those two things, then all the investigations about suppression at Twitter and, you know, the Twitter policies and the like don't mean one little bit. They're the, they're the shiny mirror, the, the, the dog whistle that gets chased. It takes us away from the real, what really matters. And getting to the bottom of what really matters right now is what's in our national security concerns today with the problems we face today. And with that, um, I'm gonna just take some comments and see what we've got here. And um, it's a, we've got a few comments that have come up. So uh, I'm gonna stop babbling and I'm gonna go to the a few of the comments. Um, let's see, drain the entire swamp of all swamp. You know, Charles, that's that's something we have as a mantra here and we're, we're doing a lot about it. I, I did a, a podcast a few months ago about draining the swamp. I'd encourage you to go back and, and check that out on our uh, on our Americans for Limited Government channel um, on any of your any of your favorite uh, favorite places to watch videos. Um, I know it's on the YouTube channel, and I'll get it up on my the Rick Manning Show channel um, today as well. Um, but it's something we did I did a little bit ago, and and I'll talk about that more in depth uh, maybe in the next few weeks. Um, let's see. I haven't seen any of this info on local TV. Still not telling the truth. Yeah, Robert, um, let's put it this way. No one would know that this Twitter stream is outside of uh, conservative media. Nobody would know that this Twitter stream even existed. And the irony is it's actually somewhat exculpatory for them. And so you would think that they would be they would be bringing it to, to people's attention. The problem that the, the establishment media has on this is that once they start, you know, when they start talking about the laptop, they start talking about what's inside the laptop, they start talking about the suppression of the laptop, they start having to answer the question, well, why two years later, it, it take two years for CBS to say, yeah, this is actually, yeah, this was real. Um, those are the questions which they, they would have to answer if they were facing honest inquiry. Um, and so it's just easier to not find this, the place in the programming to talk about it at all because it's pretty inconvenient for them. Um, and what's more, uh, I will just, okay, I'm not putting on my tinfoil hat, official tinfoil hat time, okay? If they have a, my theory is that the minute they start talking about the Hunter Biden laptop a lot, it means they've decided that Hunter, that Joe Biden needs to go. And that will be your, your telltale sign that um, the establishment has, has decided that Joe Biden is no longer a useful idiot and they need to replace him with the ne person next in line. So pay attention to that. It's typical that uh, the fact that they're talking about it at all is, is kind of a warning shot to Joe. Um, but that is, to me is a, uh, I found that I watch what they do and that way I can tell where they want to go. So just pay attention to that. Um, most of the news companies are owned by six or seven families. All of them support. Yeah, the, the, Judy, you're right. That is exactly right. The, um, and when you get down to them to uh, Fox News, um, you know, we know that uh, Rupert Murdoch had a conversation with Donald Trump in the last two weeks, three weeks, where he said, we're not supporting you this year. 
And consequent, and since then, the coverage when Fox News uh, about Donald Trump has been um, is it's better than you get on an MSNBC. It's better than you get on CNN, but it certainly hasn't been helpful. So you've got a so you know President Trump has a uh, has been told up front by the owner, the, the old owner Rupert Murdoch, um, that Fox is going to be isn't going to be helpful to him. Um, Susan, Katie Hobbs's email instructing Twitter to delete targeted tweets and their reply to confirm deletion blows the claim government was involved out of the water. Yeah, Susan, I chose to focus on the uh, on the federal government because yes, those uh, those emails from the Secretary of State Katie Hobbs um, that started coming in on by the way January seventh, twenty twenty one, right after January sixth. Um, and Twitter saying, yeah, we're getting right on it, we're doing it, shows you that Twitter was very active in uh, suppressing tweets, suppressing thought, um, and that that was, and it was directed by government sources, in this case, an Arizona state elected official who, uh, and so, yeah, that's a, that is a good point. It's absolutely true. Um, where I've, I really want to focus, where I've been choosing to focus on this, because there's a lot of instances of that that we're, we're going to, I think we're going to see come out as Elon Musk uh, releases more and more and more information. Um, but this particular, I, I'll go back to 22, um, which I'll, I'll just read again. I'm not going to afflict you with the, with the actual going through this stupid uh, thread, but what my Matt Taibbi said in 22 tweet 22, Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from the federal law enforcement that summer that, that summer about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen, Matt Taibbi, no evidence that he's seen, of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. I don't know what he means by the last eight words there, but I do know that if that, that changes everything in terms of uh, our focus. And it actually kind of jibes with what the FBI people had told prior, had told some media people that the they essentially had trained the social media uh, companies to to see to see something that they thought might be misinformation and take their own actions related to it without having to have a specific paper trail related to it. So it, it's a and if that's the case. It's going to be, you know, getting those people before the committee is going to be interesting, but essentially um, there just might not be a smoking gun directly tying the FBI beyond the, the testimony that they've done in those weekly meetings. What's more, given the depositions with the FBI agents who were directly involved with selling at Valley, um, I, I, one would think that uh, Eric Schmidt or Jeff Landry would have would be releasing confirmation that those that those FBI agents had told them under oath that they had specifically um, communicated by about the laptop. And the fact that that hasn't come out makes me makes me think it's far more likely that this is one of those wink and nod things. And they they trained sufficiently and trained the social media to shutter it. And once one did the rest fell in line like dominoes. Um, so let's see here. Um, Mike Lusewski, hope I spelled that right. 
or say, I'm saying that right. Notice no leftist media is reporting. Yeah, it, it's guess what? If we expect the left to the left to do the to do this, um, we haven't been paying attention, and it's up to us to to ring the alarm bells. It's actually one of the reasons why I'm doing this because I want the alarm bells to be rung in a in a way that actually uh, comports with what we know right now. And, you know, as soon as we know, as soon as we find there is actual real smoking gun between the FBI, beyond their, their briefings, where we have actual communication with the FBI or Homeland Security, where we have emails that specifically give instruction, text messages that specifically give instruction, that will be, that changes the tide on this and uh, in terms of the focus. But at the very least, we need a, the, House, the House Judiciary Committee needs to rip out uh, begin the process of ripping out the the CISA, the CISA legislation that allowed for uh, the FBI to use the social media platforms to suppress speech um, in the country. Bank statements on both Joey Hunter follow all, both all the way home. It smells rotten. Richard, it not only smells rotten, it is rotten. And it is some of the things, and that's why I want to emphasize what's on the laptop. The laptop is... I haven't looked at all the data on it. The things that I've read that are on there, um, and I'm going to get away from the salacious stuff of uh, Hunter Biden, you know, illegally buying guns, smoking crack, being with people who, um, being being with people who are, are more than likely uh, foreign spies, um, and extraordinarily compromising positions that he's taking video of. Um, all that stuff that's on there is is interesting but what's relevant is were there direct payments made to joe biden that's what's relevant if there were direct payments made to joe biden that that ends joe biden and the laptop and the former partner tony bobolinsky seem to indicate that there were so listen you know i i all the all the other stuff I'm so busy, you know, we end up dealing with all these all these different, you know, mirrors and shiny objects and all that. That one salient fact is the single most important thing that needs to come out. And he either was or he wasn't. But we have to have that into the public domain. And we can't rely on the on the the press to to cover it. We have to get it out ourselves. We have to be smart enough to share. We have to smart enough to use these platforms to try to drive traffic and, and let people know what's going on, and which is why we're doing this. And, and yes, bank statements, uh, some Excel files that are in the, in the laptop would indicate that um, really bad news ahead for, for Joe Biden um, and very little, you know, and some very direct statements uh, that express frustration by Hunter Biden about the relationship. So, with that, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on and just uh, thank you guys for attending. Um, we'll continue on this story. It's a very important story. I think it defines the Biden presidency. This story, um, and hopefully, it will also allow us to take a pretty big step forward. And ripping the ripping out by the roots, the spying domestic spying authority and the domestic uh, the ability to stop uh, speech 
by the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security, um, which is a direct is is the is a direct attack on the essence of our country. And Congress has the power to do that. And we need to build a consensus that it has to be done, a right-left consensus that it has to be done. Ro Khanna got it, understood the ramifications of what this was. And as a result, and Ro Khanna is no conservative. So let's just, so driving that point home and trying to fix this, that power the FBI has and the Department of Homeland Security has, dealing with the, the FISA court abuses and trying to get this entirety of this mess under control and back and put Pandora, put, you know, close Pandora's box has been opened. We have to do that. Our country depends on us doing that. This isn't a short-term question. This is a long-term mission and we have to get that done. And the people who've abused that power need to be put out of positions where they're able to ever abuse it again. With that, I'll let you go. This is Rick Manning, Americans for Limited Government. Please subscribe to our channels, uh, whichever platforms you use. Please subscribe so you get notified on this. And also, uh, we put these up on all the channels. We also have it as a as podcast um, on like six or seven different podcast networks. Uh, um, and so Spotify and others. Um, so if you have, you know, you can listen to it as a podcast as well. And I just ask you, if you think this is important information, please share it. Share it, share it, use all your social media platforms to share it because the farther and wider it gets, uh, the more impact it has. We can't rely on the NBC, CBSs and, and the like to tell the story. We can't allow, you know, expect HuffPo to, can't expect MSNBC to tell the story. We have to tell the story. So folks, share, 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 and we can make a difference. Thanks, and I will catch you uh, probably on Wednesday.